Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. We've been talking today about my tricks to keep your project under budget. What can you do to keep this under control so you can maybe tackle that project? Because as we know, nothing has gotten less expensive out there. There is everything that we tackle that requires some kind of a budget. And uh, man, it is crazy when you walk out of the home center and go, I just got this for what? Yeah. It adds up quickly as we know. So these are my tips to uh, help you get that project done and on time. Now we've been talking about, uh, you know, planning your material use correctly and planning out those cuts. And this is something when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. Well, if you missed last week's show on the radio or the podcast, man, we had a great one with the uh, Oregon Manufactured Housing Association talking affordable housing. If you missed that one, you can catch that on any podcast player. Just look for Around the House. And if you want to get a hold of me, send me a message. Head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and you can use the uh, Contact Us page there as well. If you want to catch my nearly 200 videos that are out there from the Around the House Northwest television show, I've got those broken out so you can catch those. And uh, just head over to the Around the House Online. You can see the videos there and then just click over uh, when you get to YouTube and you can find the playlist there on the Fox 12 Oregon youtube page and all of that so you can find it just right there so for really for this just head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and you can uh, navigate from there because it's all kind of slide and heighten over there well today i wanted to talk about um my tricks to keep your project under budget and i've been really trying uh to really check out um ways to do that because you know man everything's expensive building materials are expensive Fuel's expensive. Everything's more expensive right now. So how do we keep things under budget? And so here are my tips and tricks. Now, there's a lot of things we can do. And the first one here is one that can save you a ton of money and help you get the job done faster. And that is going to be find your favorite tool rental store. And because here's the thing, many of us want to buy a tool like me. I want to buy a tool for every new project, but it doesn't always work out that way. It can add hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands to a project because, you know, I don't need an, a mini excavator hanging around the house or a boom lift. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to go out and spend the money on it because I'm just not going to use it every day. Just like if I need a really big table saw, if I need a really big table saw, I have a contract. I actually have two different contractor saws. But I don't want to store that big thing because I quite frankly don't have the room. So I'd much rather go down to my favorite tool rental center and grab stuff. Now, what makes up a favorite tool rental center? For me, the first one is not even the price, but how good of condition are they keeping your things in? I mean, here's the thing. If I go down to my big box store, 
you know, national chain. I'm not going to call them up by name. I don't have to. You know who I'm talking about. If I head down there, and I don't know what it's like in your area, but I tell you what, when I rent stuff from there, the Bobcats or whatever they have there for their excavators or everything else, they are on their last leg. The tracks are worn. The tires are bald. Um, the tools have been used hard. I mean, I went and, and rented a post hole digger there and they finally gave my money back because it just kept breaking before I could even use it. And I went someplace else. So if you're fighting old hammered equipment, maybe it's time to find a local tool rental center. For me, I have a place that many people don't know about in my market, and it's a small hardware store chain that's in my Portland area. And it's really cool. Park Rose Hardware. If I go rent a tool from them, it's probably a current year model and it is well-maintained. It is the best of the best of that tool, which I like. If I go rent something, I want to be able to use it like it's supposed to not. Oh, wow. This thing's almost done. They just don't, they maintain them and they don't run them hard. So that's what I'm looking for in a tool rental. Cause most people rent them and just abuse the snot out of them. Guess what? They go back and the tool rental company has to put that thing back together and keep it maintained. These guys do a great job of that. So when I go down there and I rent a lift, it has three and a half hours on it. Or if I rent a Bobcat, it's got 25. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. That to me is really important of how well, I mean, it could have a thousand hours on it. I don't care, but is it maintained? Will it start right up? Do I have to fight it? Do I have to, you know, am I wasting time doing that? So really find a good tool rental center because that can save you money. You don't have to go buy another tool. Now, when if you got the money and you want to buy the tool, knock yourself out. Nothing wrong with the tool collection. But this will save you money when you're trying to do it on a budget. And right now, many of us are on a budget. My next one here is something that for you to consider, and it can burn you and it can go well, but you just have to, to do your research. My first thing here is to do your research. Can you buy stuff used or slightly used or previously used, however you want to call it? And can you get away with it? Like I did a TV segment here hot tub on a budget. And I wanted to see if I could do that on a budget. And so about 1300 bucks, I put a nice eight foot by eight foot hot tub in my backyard. Did I pick up the thing used? Yeah, it's a 15, 16 year old hot springs spa. It is nice. Now, does it have all the computer controls and the flip up TV? No, it doesn't. Does it have everything to make me comfortable? Yeah. Will it be reliable for a long period? Yeah, it will, because there's not that much to go break break on it. It doesn't have all the crazy electronic stuff on it. So for now, I turned around and with my friends at Easy Pads and other people like that, we ended up having a great hot tub. And the most expensive part is electrical on something like that. If you need to run a 220 circuit over there or a couple circuits, depending on your tub, you know, you can have a grand or two really quickly. You can have a grand in materials if you're not careful. So be very careful of that. That's where the money comes in. If you got to pay an electrician, it can be a few thousand bucks to get a uh, hot tub disconnect and that stuff and get the tub wired up. So be prepared. It can cost you even more if you have to put a new panel in. So that's the part there. If you're out shopping used and you want to do a hot tub on a budget, maybe find one of the 110 smaller models out there that you have a 20 foot extension cord that you can plug in to a 20, you know, 20 amp outlet and be good. That might be your way to go. But see, Instead of going out and spending eight, ten, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars on a hot tub, 
and then spend another five grand for somebody to come in and hook it up, you can go out and get started with something. And then down the road, if you want to pick out the nicer one, trade that one in, sell it off, do whatever. But uh, that's the way to do it. And one little secret here I wanted to give you. If you're out going to do a, go out and take on this project, this is where you can save a ton of money. Do not go buy a hot tub unless you know it's history. If you can't go out there and if it's not running, it's not working, the jets are working, whatever else, or it's been already been disconnected and sitting there, man, all it takes is one freeze and for those things to blow up and you'll never get it repaired. And trust me, I can go through and fix just about anything. At the same time, I don't want to have to go dig through a bunch of spray foam and keep looking for leaks, get it over, find more brakes, and just chase it down. And, and there's so many wires and tubes and stuff in there that you're going to snag when you're cutting through the spray foam. They're just not worth it to repair it once they've been frozen. And then the motors typically cost more. I mean, I bought a hot tub for, you know, under 350 bucks. Now, that thing, if the motor was bad or if there was something wrong with it, it was going to cost me more than that to replace it. So that is something to consider. What condition it in? Is it working? And what's the issues? You know, even a good hot tub cover can cost you a few hundred bucks to a to something that's custom to seven or eight hundred bucks. So just be careful of what you're looking for. Those are where things get expensive. But really, going for something used or something that was a overage can be something that, you know, maybe people bought something, they can't take it back, and now they've got it on craigslist or facebook marketplace or offer up or the many different places you can buy things take a look at that that could save you a ton of money now the only thing i want you to make sure of is make sure that if you're looking at wire and things like that it could be stolen it could be something like that so make sure that you're getting something that uh, might have a criminal case following it around so you don't get yourself in trouble but really there's some places to save money and we'll talk about that when i come back some of the things i've learned on saving money we'll do that just as soon as around the house returns show this where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education thanks for joining us today hey if you're catching us on the radio or the podcast make sure that you catch our around the house insider be part of our premium membership and we've got so much going on over there now we just did drop here a week or two ago an exclusive episode which is all about me just kind of my history with uh, Jeff Tracy, the Cowboy Cook, and we went back through. So uh, for, find out more information about that premium membership. It's only four bucks, so it's not much. And you can find that over at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Would love to have you over there because we're going to be putting some special premium content over there. And then you get to check out the show early as well as you can find out so much more of our history back there with the exclusive back catalog. So you get to get back into the early shows or earlier shows of Around the House. Some of those ones from the very beginning, we don't even have record of as far as recordings. But uh, over the last well, seven or eight years, no problem. We've got them back there for you. Well, we've been talking about today about how to take on these projects, you know, on a budget, how to save money while we're tackling these kind of projects. And there's a lot you can do 
with doing these things on a pro- you know projects on a budget and some of that comes down to shopping and getting materials now there is a big controversy out there over should you be buying it at a lumber yard should you be buying it at the home center where are you getting your wood from on a DIY or construction project and you know something that's really depending on the market where you're at um what I've seen is that I've seen that the the pricing at the home centers is a little more flexible sometimes where they're a little more market driven where the lumber yards are really more importantly figured out what's come in the door. If they ordered a rail car full of lumber and it showed up and they've got it there in stock, you might have a better job there. So that is going to be just shopping because it's kind of market prices. You just don't know where it's going to be. But call around and see. You know, I've got some guys that take care of me, so I get a pretty good discount there. But uh, sometimes the home centers are competitive as well. Now, if you're doing electrical and wire, one of my things that I've noticed, and this was something that was probably for seven, eight years was the rule. But I think with, um, you know, the retail thefts going on, this has changed so much. It used to be you could go into Home Depot and buy wire cheaper than anywhere else because they were trying to use that as a loss leader to get the electricians in to come in and buy stuff or the contractors. Those days have left the building. That wire is not the least expensive thing anymore. And many times it's locked up and it can take you a long time to get somebody to come unlock it for you to have access. So that that is not your best place. So I would be looking at your local electrician supply places. Or for me right now, the best prices I've been getting has actually been on Amazon. So I can order wire there and get it the next day in my market. And uh, it has been 15 or 20% less than what the home centers are. And I've even gotten it more than that, where it was like 40% less. So uh, same wire, same packaging, but uh, they've got it there uh, with less markup on it. So uh, that has been one place that I've been able to find wire, you know. And then here's the thing, too. When it comes down to maybe you're doing a kitchen project, when you're doing appliances, things like that with cabinetry. Here's another little secret. If you've been going into the home center and buying those big name brand cabinets, unless you're doing it with one of their credit cards, which might make sense where you're going to get 12 months, snow interest or something like that. Really many times that is the most expensive place to get that brand of cabinetry versus the least expensive. And here's why when you have an independent kitchen and bath dealer, carry a brand like, I don't know, I'm just going to use one of the common brands in there. You all seen them, whether it's Craftmate or American Woodmark or go down the list, right? All of the brands in there. When you have a brand like that, that is in there, there's a lot of markup in the home centers on this. And here's why. First off, the cabinet companies aren't making them a smoking deal because And I've been through probably 20 years ago through the negotiations of this, of putting a brand in the home center. And here's what they were asking for back then. And it's no different now. They would say, hey, we're going in so many thousands of stores in the country. And no matter where they're at, we want you to have a rep in that each one of those stores every two weeks, two months, whatever it is, doesn't matter. And we want all our displays for free. Well, if you've got to put in four displays and keep updated and give it to that big box store. And you got to put thousands of those in the country as well as pay for a wrap, hire them and get them in all those stores. There is a lot of overhead over the top of that. And so what happens is, is their cost many times is more so than what that independent dealer is because that independent dealer might have one or two displays, 
But uh, that rep, who's probably already there being forced there by the home center, is already around, or they have their own independent reps. But long story short, there's a lot less headaches with those independent dealers and the home centers, because the home centers also have these wild return policies where if the people don't like it, bring it back, and then they want to get full credit back on those cabinets. So it's very expensive for these cabinet lines to deal with the home centers. It just is. There are no special deals. They, the, the cabinet companies are moving a lot of boxes and they have the luxury of selling, you know, truckloads of cabinets each day to these guys, which keeps the factory going. But it's also one of their lowest margin because of the level of headaches. And that level of headaches could be um, lack of training for kitchen and bath designers. Typically, the best kitchen and bath designers that are designing your kitchens usually leave the home centers. Now, there's great ones out there, so I don't want to disparage if you're a great designer. I worked for the home centers for a while, so uh, when I was early in my career. But here's the thing. Most of these people, and this is what it is, most of these people, when they've got that um, skills for their design once they realize they're in the home centers and they can make three or four times the money if they go work for an independent dealer, they're going to be much better off. So that's what happens, guys. So they go, wow, I can make four times the money going out working for an independent design place. Cool. So the home centers spent the time. They did some training and they got them going. And then once they've been there a year or two and they got really good at what they're doing by trial and error, they leave to go make commissions go big. Because basically, if you're working at the home centers, you're getting paid by the hour. And that's just about it. So you clock in, do your thing. If you go sell a million dollars of the cabinets one year, guess what? You don't make a ton of money doing that where you could have a six-figure income in many places if you're doing it as a designer. So that's kind of the background on that. So many times you're better for those brands. If you want to have something specific, check with your independent dealer. So one of the best tips I can give you in today's economy is don't assume that where you're going is going to be the best price because you could be paying a lot more for something that you don't know of. So just take the time, do your research, figure it out, and I think you're going to be better off in the long run. So just do your research on that, and you might be surprised where some of these people are giving you a really good deal that you're not expecting, and it's probably not the place that you thought of. So take your time and do that. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about is planning your material use correctly. Basically, planning out your cuts and trying to use the most out of your material. I have always, because, you know, I hate wasting material. My little game is when I'm doing decking or things like that is really trying to save money. And I'm going to give you my tips when we come back. How do you get the most out of the material? Because if you're paying 50 or 60 bucks for a deck board, why throw it away? Around the house, we'll be right back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. To the around the house show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education we've been talking today about 
my tricks to keep your project under budget. What can you do to keep this under control so you can maybe tackle that project? Because as we know, nothing has gotten less expensive out there. There is everything that we tackle that requires some kind of a budget. And uh, man, it is crazy when you walk out of the home center and go, I just got this for what? Yeah. It adds up quickly as we know. So these are my tips to uh, help you get that project done and on time. Now, we've been talking about, uh, you know, planning your material use correctly and planning out those cuts. And this is something that I really like to pay attention to. I'll spend 15 or 20 minutes if I have to and start planning out the best use of material. Okay, if I make a, a if I have an eight foot board, and if I'm going to cut a 60 inch or a five foot piece, I got three feet left. Am I better off buying a 12-foot piece of lumber so I have two sixes? Or am I throwing a bunch of stuff away? Or can I use that someplace else? So really think about what your cuts are and the material length you're buying when it comes to lumber. Make sure that you're getting the right size. Because sometimes you just go in and go, oh, by eight foot, that's what it is. And that can be pretty difficult if you didn't plan everything else. You could be throwing away a ton of two or three feet material because if you would have bought the next size or two sizes up, even though it's a little bit more money sometimes, you're not throwing away all the material, so your square foot price is less. So one of my little tricks and tips when I'm doing cuts is I put a five-gallon bucket at the bottom by my saw. It is my little reminder to make sure that I'm paying attention to my cuts. And two, it's the places I can put those little tiny pieces that I don't just drop on the ground. So it's also my cleanup bucket. So if I've got a little scrap or pieces, I can drop it down into that. And it's my constant reminder to be mindful of the material I'm using so I'm not wasting it. Now, I know if I was a licensed and bonded contractor working on somebody's job site, sometimes, you know, it's not cost effective for them to spend all this time trying to figure out those cuts because maybe the material's cheaper than what their hourly time is. And maybe they just need to blast through it. So you'll see that a lot when you see framers building a house, um, especially a spec house, things like that. The material that gets thrown away from half sheets of plywood to, you know, a seven foot of an eight foot board, you know, that kind of stuff that you see where it's just not reused. You know, you see a lot of that in new construction these days, depending on the builder. Now, there are some great builders out there and some great framing contractors that just don't waste material because it's a point of pride for them. And there's other ones that get in and get out. And if they have the material sitting there, they're going to use it. And if it's cut, guess what? They're not going to mess with it. Off they go. So it's just really depending on the attitude of the company and, you know, what they're getting paid to do it. So it's really dependent on that. But for you, taking on your own projects, kind of tackle your own stuff. There's no sense wasting wood and materials that you're not going to use. So spend a little time so you don't have to over-purchase materials. Now, depending on what you're working on, you might need a 10%, 15%, 20% overage, depending on what you're going. But these are things that you should have into your plan. And many times you can take that stuff back when you're done. So if you save some money, that can go on to your next material purchase and you'll be okay. Now, my next tip here is something that really can save you a lot of money. And for instance, right now, I'm working on a plan myself to make sure I do it correctly. And it's a little bit of a complex one. I'm going to be building an outdoor pizza oven for an upcoming television show. But I need to do a little tiny deck extension, a little cover extension. That's just a little tiny thing. But I need to figure this out and get this done. So that is my next little battle. 
So let's think about that just a little bit. How do you plan it ahead? And the plan is the most important part of this process because you don't have to build things twice or have to go back and do it. So really, I'm starting to plan out now how I'm going to build this because I need to come out of the ground with concrete. I need to build a concrete and block base. I need to build a little bit of a deck extension around it. And so these are things that I've got to come up. So it's kind of the, you don't want to get the cart ahead of the horse, if you know what I mean. So you really need to go through and map out like a game plan, like you're playing a football game or something else like that. What are my plays to get this done? And that way you don't have to do things twice. So for me, I know that I'm coming out of the ground with concrete to build a footing for this pizza oven because it's you know, 1600 pounds just in materials before I build the base, before I put a top on it, those kind of things. So these things take up weight. So I'm going to have over 2000 pounds of material sitting there. So I need to build something solid. But at the same time, while I'm pouring concrete, I might as well put some footings around it because while I'm at it, I might as well support the little deck surface that's around it because it's just going to be stronger. So that forces me to really plan out how I'm going to build this and make it make sense. Because as long as we do that, it's going to be okay. So let's think a little bit more about our plan and make sure that we're doing it correctly. So that plan is going to be the key for saving money. So plan it out, make a play-by-play, you know, step-by-step plan so you can save some money while you're doing this. And that plan, if it goes well, is going to save you some money. Because if I have to go back and do something twice on this, it's going to cost me a lot of money. Just buying the decking for this little five foot by 10 foot thing at my cost is 800 bucks just for the decking for this stuff. That's expensive. I do not want to waste it, nor do I want to have to do this twice. So these are all things that I want to think about, things that I need to do. And more importantly, these are things that I want to make sure I got this done right so I can enjoy this and not really go, oh man, if I would have only done it this way. So I'm really working on getting things dialed in for that. So something to consider. It's going to be something that uh, has to look really good and, uh, you know, be self-supportive as well. So these are things that I'm working on right now to make sure I've got everything dialed in. I've got some decisions to make. What do I want? Do I want to cover over it? Do I not want to cover over it? So there's a lot of little things that you have to take into account as part of the bigger project. And make sure while you're doing these things that you've got these things dialed in because there can be so many issues while you're doing this. I want to make sure you got it right. So these are things that are really important to get dialed in. So something to think about. I want to make sure you got this done right and make sure that you planned ahead and that you can fit all the pieces of the project together. What else do you have to do? Is there a next step? Are you going to add more to it? See, this is a mistake that I did on this deck because I didn't plan for this to go in here. I didn't leave room for it. Um, I have a space for it, but I didn't plan for it. So now I'm having to do an addition to make that work to this ground level deck. So something I'm still working on, something that I changed, something that, uh, well, it's costing me a little bit more money. If I would have thought about doing this earlier, I would have saved probably a thousand bucks on it. So that's my cost of doing it later. Would have saved me a bunch of money back when I built the deck. So that's another one there. So next one here is, is an important one that I think we'll talk about here is slowing down and making sure you don't make mistakes. I can be the king of this. I get going, I'm cruising, I've got my plan, and maybe I, I, I messed up my numbers, maybe I mismeasured, maybe I didn't think of the next step enough. But slow down and make sure, measure twice, cut once, you know the rules, guys. 
I don't have to tell you that because you've done this before. But here's the thing. Slowing down and being more self-aware will help you in making sure that you get this project done right. That's another one of my tips for you is just slowing down. Make sure you're not getting too crazy with it. And that's going to really help you out to make sure that you're making the right cuts and doing it right. You know, the next one here is an important one. Let's talk about this before we go out to break. And this is making sure that you've got sharp tools. So make sure you've got a decent saw blade. And, you know, you can send them out and get them sharpened. If you've got a circular saw, a table saw blade, depending on what you got, if you've got a sharpening service around. I did see in one of the home improvement stores that there's actually a brand that you can walk in and buy a blade. And then when you're done with it or it gets dull, you can send it off, trade it in, and they'll get you another one right there. So that's kind of cool. That's something to consider when you're doing this kind of stuff. So be very careful. These are things that uh, that uh, a good sharp blade, whether you're using a utility knife, you're using a saw, uh, these are things that'll keep you from wasting material. There's nothing like making a cut on a piece of plywood and blowing it out and having to go get another sheet. Make sure you get that blade that's nice and sharp. Round the house will be right back. Don't go anywhere. the Round the House Show. I'm Eric G. We've been talking about ways to save you money on your next renovating project, whether you're talking on that little DIY project or a major remodel. This is stuff that I want you to make sure that you're doing to save some cash while you're doing it because things just keep getting more and more expensive. So there's a few things we can do to save money. Now let's talk about here, maybe you're hiring a contractor and you are wanting to save money. And this is one of the most important things if you're hiring somebody to make sure that you're doing this correctly. Now, hear me out on this. So if you've got a contractor and you're like, hey, I wanna do the demo. There are some contractors out there that's gonna go, great, I'm gonna take a thousand or two bucks off the demo and handle it. There are some contractors that are gonna go, okay, most homeowners that I have do the demo are not going to do it right. They're going to over demo. They're going to cause more damage. They're not going to get it how I want it. And I'm going to take off 500 bucks. So not every time by you doing part of the work is going to save you money. And really, sometimes that just comes down with you having the honest conversation with the contractor to make sure that it's getting done correctly and that you know what the expectations are. Because that contractor is going to have his team or a subcontractor contractor come in and do the demo the right way come in you know all the nails will be off the wall if you're stripping it down to the studs everything's gonna be ready to go and swept up cleaned up ready to go ready to start changing things or doing what needs to be done doesn't matter if it's a deck out back or the roof or whatever that's all part of the process so you doing demo might not always save you in the long run so have that legitimate conversation with the contractor and say okay what's that going to save me and what can I do to make it easier to make sure that we are getting the most value out of this question and say, hey, I make sure I want you to do a walk a couple days beforehand, pop by the job site, make sure that we've got everything for you. Make sure that that contractor is 100% 
capable of your understanding what your skill set is and what you're going to do and make sure that you have the skills to do it. So you have demo because so many contractors that I work with in the remodeling side of things out there will go, oh man, they're not going to get it done on time. The job site's not going to be complete as far as the demo. It's going to be half done. It's going to be more of a headache and I have to fix things that they broke. So many times that doesn't really save you a ton of money. So make sure that there's a great understanding of what that is and that your hard work is going to be accounted for in the savings. So these are things that uh, can really do. Now, I've seen some other lists down the over the years where I think there are mistakes where they'll say, you know, hey, make sure and haul your own materials and stuff like that. That can actually be more expensive and more time consuming because here's one thing I want you to think about. And it's an important thing to think about. What is your time worth? Everybody's time has some value. But many times that contractor, you're going to go, I'm going to save him time and money. I'm going to go pick it up for him. Maybe they're getting free delivery. Maybe you need to go rent a truck. I tell you what, if I go rent a U-Haul truck, take my time, drive over, pick up materials, come back here. Almost always that's more expensive than the delivery fee is to get it. And then the chance of you damaging something, hey, if it's their store delivery service and they're bringing it on here and they damage it, they have to go get another one. So make sure that some of the steps that you're taking are actually going to save you money. And so that's a key right there. You know, that's a key. Now, one of the other things that I want to talk about here as well is hiring people to help you with the project to save you money. Now, hear me out on this one. And you've heard me, if you're a regular listener here to the show, I apologize because you've heard this one before, but many times hiring that designer to help you make choices saves you money because they are going to help you with that project to make sure you get the right paint color, make sure that you've got the right countertop or whatever you're doing. Hiring a designer to make sure that that is going well will save you money in the long run almost every single time. Because as soon as you have to repaint something, as soon as you have to put something else and replace it because you don't like it, that's an instant cost, especially if you're paying somebody else to do it. So when in doubt, if you're questioning your own decisions, bring a designer in, even if it's for it's a day, even if you're just having them in for a day to go through and pick out some finishes, that can save you a ton of money. And you're going to have a more confident in your decisions as well, because you've got a professional helping you pick what's good for your house. Now you are going to be the ultimate judge of what that is, but really going for it is going to save you some money. So hire that designer, bring them on board, help them, you know, help them with your information, but let them be the professional and have them bring it in here. Now here's something that I've been, I've been testing, and this is something I wanted to bring up as a tip here in this fourth segment of the hour. I wanted to bring this one up because it's been interesting and this has been really hit and miss. If you're having to buy tools to do the project, I have been going on and on my TV show, been doing a let's test it where I grab budget products or tools off of Amazon and I test them. And you know something? It has been about a 50-50 thing. Sometimes I go, wow. This worked out amazing. These are a great copy. Most of the time, I'll go, ah, 
It's not the same, but they're pretty decent. Sometimes I go, wow, these are so poorly built that this was a ripoff. And you just got to be careful with some of this stuff. And the more, um, the more of a knockoff they are, usually the lower quality they are as well. So be very careful when you're buying tools. If you're buying the one knockoff, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And uh, if you're buying electronics, I've noticed uh, anything that's electric. I mean, I probably the worst one I had was I jumped on Amazon and for 30 bucks, I bought a carbon monoxide detector that is a portable handheld one. And no matter what I did, I couldn't set it off. It didn't matter if I had something burning next to it. Heck, I threw it up underneath my Mercedes diesel and it showed zero parts per million and it was so close to the exhaust that I couldn't get it to move at all and I was going to burn my hand if I took it any closer. That's how close I got it in there. There was nothing that would set this thing off. Now, I'm going to test it again. I sent it back because it clearly was defective and I'm going to see if the new one does it. But I tell you what, so far, it hasn't worked well. And I want to go back and test it. I mean, you can always get a bad one, right? But uh, anyway, be very careful just going on and buying the cheapest tool out there. Because here's the one thing I've learned over the years. Having the right tools makes your job easier and it can save you money on a DIY project. But you got to make sure you have the right tools. So a great example, I bought some of the budget blades uh, for my multi-tool on Amazon. Jumped on there, and you know something? They're pretty good. Are they going to last as long as the the other brands that you get at your home improvement store? Well, probably not, but I bought 100 of them for the price of one blade. I can throw a few more away in the recycle bin because they're just steel with a coating on the tip. If I go through those for doing wood, yeah, okay, I throw a few extra away and put it in the recycle bin. But you know something? Um, I'm still getting, you know, when I can get 100 for the price of one, I'm still way ahead. So if I'm going to be cutting like anything other than soft metals or, or, or wood, then of course I'm going to go use my better blades, but for just cutting a piece of wood or doing some detail work, they do great. So think about where you're saving. Sometimes saving can cost you more money if you don't do this right. Now, again, this is another one of the things that, um, that you have to be careful with. Now, here's a great example. And I've seen this one in a kitchen remodel. This is a great tip here as well. One of the common mistakes is people do a kitchen remodel. They'll pull the dishwasher out. And three months later, the dishwasher goes back in after the major remodel because it's a newer dishwasher. The problem is I've had about a 50-50 chance of that dishwasher going back up because all the crud that was inside has now gotten hard. And it jumps up the pump, the motor, all those different things. So be very careful when you're trying to reuse things. It can cost you more money in the long run because about 50% of the time, you're either calling a repair person out or you're buying a new dishwasher later. Now, a lot of good contractors are going to warn you about that. But one little tip uh, when you're doing that uh, is to run four or five loads of empty dishes through there with soap to try to see if you can get that stuff out of there. Run some of the dishwasher cleaners through See if you can get all the food stuff out of there. That's the hardest part is the old food stuff that's trapped in it. When you're running it every few days, it doesn't have a chance to bake in there and get really hard, but it does dry out when you store that thing. So be very careful with how that works because I tell you what, if you're doing a kitchen remodel, 
You might be better off just getting a brand new dishwasher and garbage disposal when you do the project. It might save you money in the long run. All right, everybody, time to go out to break. We come back hour number two on the radio. And don't forget to grab the next hour in the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to About the House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.